Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, folks, and welcome to a brand new episode of Thanks for the Knowledge. This is Fanbytes Weekly News Show, rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. I, you know, I'm not even going to say I hope you had a good week because honestly, things have been pretty bad around here if you live in the United States. So I'll just say let's uh, take care of each other. And uh, let's talk about video games. At least we we still have that. Um, uh, I had a really, really amazing chance to talk to Jeff Gersman. You can't say Giant Bombs Jeff Gersman or GameSpot's Jeff Gersman because he's independent. And we talked about that. We talked about some of the best games of the year and things that he is looking forward to, as well as a renewed love of professional wrestling Uh, That was an excellent conversation. But first, before we do that, we have to get to this week's top stories. The news is slowing down just a little bit, but we still have a lot to cover. There was a Nintendo Direct Mini third-party partner showcase this past week, and honestly, for a Mini that lasted almost 28 minutes, there was actually quite kind of a lot to get to, so we should talk about some of it. Uh, the showcase started, of course, with a big rundown of Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, which is out on PC and Switch right now. It actually came out on June 30th, so if you're interested in that, you should get your hands on it now. Our excellent senior managing editor, Nerium, has a uh, first bite up on YouTube right now for uh, uh, Monster Hunter uh, Rise Sunbreak, which is probably worth your time. They liked it quite a bit and have played it a lot over the past month or so. Uh, so yeah, that seems like a good one. Nintendo is proud of it, showed it off. So if you if you if you want to play it on Switch, you can. It's also available on PC. Uh, also announced is the Near Automata End of Yorha edition. That is, uh, you know, one of the best games of 2017. There were a lot of bangers in 2017, and that was a really good one. Coming to Nintendo Switch is going to be at 1080p on dock, uh, but it will be locked to 30 frames a second, which makes a lot of sense because everyone was wondering how that's going to work. But it is a native edition. It is not a streamed cloud edition of this game. It is running right there on the Nintendo hardware, which is quite exciting. That is going to come out on October 6th. There are some uh, exclusive Switch costumes and things like that. Uh, people are a little mad about that. They want those costumes everywhere, but you know what? Switch folks get them. Uh, there is a brand new kind of uh, adventure game, classic adventure game called Lorelei in the Laser Eyes, which is 
sounds like a band I used to see a lot when I went to school in here in Denton, Texas. You know, a lot of, you know, indie, indie bands and stuff. You get it from like the early 2000s. Anyway, uh, it's coming out in uh, 2023. It looks pretty cool. Annapurna is uh, publishing that joint and uh, looks pretty nice. I like the way it looks. Got a cool art style, kind of shifts styles a few times. Uh, It's lovely. It's a lovely thing. Uh, We also got to see a little bit of Super Bomberman R2. Uh, That looks great if you're into Bomberman. Gosh, I mean, it's just really good. Um, I, it's always good to see a bomber man in the wild. And, uh, I'm glad we got to see a little bit of a a bomber man. Uh, also Mega Man battle network legacy collection. Something I know Nikki Grayson and a lot of other folks are super excited about. This is a package of all 10 game boy advance games, uh, Mega Man battle network legacy edition. I'm sorry. That's not game boy advance. Those, those are DS games. I don't know why I said game boy advance. I must be thinking of when I had to look up ballistic X versus sever for reasons that you don't need to know. Uh, and I had game boy advance on the brain. Excuse me. These are DS games. They're popular, and uh, a lot of people are really nostalgic for them. I love Mega Man. I never played a single one of these, but you know what? Now is a pretty good opportunity. Uh, They are releasing these kind of strangely. Um, In case you don't know, the first two of these games are standalone titles, and then the, the, uh, the next four entries of it are kind of split like Pokemon games. So basically split into two different categories with some very minor differences between them. Uh, So it's 10 games in total, but six generations, if that makes sense. So one, two, three, both of those, four, both of those, five, both of those, and then six, both of those. Uh, And uh, yeah, Uh, These look good. What's weird is that the physical package is going to come with all 10 of those in one package. But if you buy them digitally, it's going to come into in two pieces. It's going to be one, two, and then both versions of three and then both versions of four, both versions of five, both versions of six and a different one. Um, I think that is uh, strange. But that's fine. Uh, Pac-Man World Repack is a, uh, a a remaster of Pac-Man World that's coming, uh, I believe, next year. I think it is, uh, and it looks like Pac-Man World, folks. Um, there's a really gorgeous game called a Blanc uh, coming in February 2023. Uh, it looks like a minimal, basically no dialogue game, black and white of a uh, a baby wolf and a deer trying to make it through a treacherous wilderness. It looks very sweet, looks very cute, kind of looks like a little bit of a journey. Uh, but yeah, that's looking good. Uh, return to monkey Island is looking, uh, pretty fantastic. We knew about this, uh, you know, back, back when it was first announced, uh, back in, I think it was April or right at the end of March, I believe. Um, that's coming out this year and it is actually a switch console exclusive for the time being. It will come out to Nintendo switch first. Uh, no word yet about when that's going to come to other console platforms, but it is at least going to be on Nintendo switch first. 
the art style for the actual gameplay of this game looks very, very nice. Uh, if you saw the first trailer that announced the game, uh, it looked kind of like maybe an animated non-game engine trailer, but the whole thing looks to be in the style. I think it's really unique. It is very, very different than uh, the original games, and I think that's a good thing because I think the way it was is pretty dated. Um uh, we didn't uh, see any dialogue or hear any voice acting in this. Maybe it's just not done, uh, but that is a big part of this. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops over time. Uh, but it is available this year. I think I said that already, but uh, that's very exciting. Uh, Mario uh, plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope got a new trailer. Uh, they also got a showcase this week showing off some of the gameplay, things like that. Uh, that's pretty exciting. Um, that was one of the uh, better games for the Switch for quite a long time. Um, and if you like XCOM and can tolerate at least minion-like rabbits, it's a pretty good game. You should check it out. A Little Noah Scion of Paradise's game that launched that day uh, back uh, back on Tuesday this past week. Uh, it is a it looks like a a, a roguelite. Uh, I don't know if it's a gotcha, but it is a collectible game where collecting characters go through these uh, these little action levels. Looks nice. It's 15 bucks. I picked it up. Uh, I'm going to definitely check it out. Uh, Rail Grade is a railroad simulator uh, coming to Switch. Looks very interesting. Looks very uh, chaotic. If you like kind of building rail systems and puzzle solving, uh, this looks like the strategy game for you. RPG Time, The Legend of Right is a very interesting looking hand-drawn art style RPG. Uh, contrast that a little bit, uh, to the plucky, uh, the plucky squire. That's a game I think looks a little bit better, a little bit more interesting, but this is a very cool game, uh, a cool looking game at least. Uh, and I'll be excited to get my hands on that when it comes out. Sonic Frontiers got a trailer that actually showed off some new locations aside from that big giant field, uh, and mountains that we've seen. That looked pretty barren and weird. Uh, some of the new locations look like uh, original Sonic levels. Um, so that's probably good news. A lot of us were kind of going, wow, you know, this isn't exactly the aesthetic and the vibe that we're going for with uh, with Sonic. But uh, it appears that there are other levels besides that big open zone. So that's a good thing. Um, Disney Dreamlight Valley is kind of a life sim uh, that takes place in a Disney-fied world. Um Kind of imagine if like Kingdom Hearts and Stardew Valley had uh, a weird kid and just kind of got rid of all the Square Enix stuff. Uh, early access for this game will be available on Switch on September 6th. Uh, that's going to be a huge game, I bet. Um, uh, Live Alive is, of course, a game coming out on uh, July 22nd, I believe. Uh, let me let me double check that. Um but that is the, uh, the the new port of a JRPG from Square Enix that came out for the Super Nintendo back in the mid-90s. Uh, there is a demo out right now. You can play uh, through parts of three chapters of that game. It's basically six different scenarios split in uh, you know different time periods, things like that. In the demo, demo, you can play through the Imperial China, Edo Japan, and Distant Future. I played the demo Distant Future. There's not a lot of action in that, but a lot of you know interesting dialogue and little ship exploration. A Doraemon Story of Seasons, Friends of the Great Kingdom is uh, a bit of a harvest kind of harvest moon looking uh, game. 
I did not hear great things about the uh, the first version of this game, uh, but maybe this one will be better. And if you like Doraemon, then that, that's that's for you. Uh, Minecraft Legends got a new trailer for Nintendo Switch. Uh, we also got introduced to a game called Dragon Quest Treasures. Uh, it looks like a, a little bit more of like a collecting monsters and doing uh, action RPG stuff and explore or ex- exploring kind of a, a big area. Uh, not totally in you know clear on the loop of this thing, but it comes out on December 9th. And I'll just say, Dragon Quest spinoffs are great. Dragon Quest Builders for Switch specifically and in Builders 2, excellent games. Two of the best games you can pick up on Switch. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, we got a rundown of some other games like No Man's Sky, which is coming to Switch. Uh, also, uh, Plague Tale Requiem, uh, which is a cloud version. Um, and and uh, yeah, that was that was kind of a, a neat uh, showcase just to see a couple of the new games that are coming out soon. Uh, an announcement that I don't think anybody expected, but I, I'm certainly happy with, uh, is the portal companion collection. Yes, it is the portal games. Two of the best games ever made valve really, uh, outdid themselves. Those are available now on Nintendo switch. You can go grab them. Uh, those are two excellent games. If you've never played portal for whatever reason, uh, that now is a great time to do that because gosh, those games are, are so, so, so good. Um, we also got an announcement trailer for a game called Harvestella, which is, uh, a cool slice of life action game. It does look very Stardew Valley like, but with a square Enix flair, it is a full 3d game, a lot of, uh, high quality looking environments, um, it's kind of like cosmic, you know, some cosmic evil uh, encroaching on like a, an area that still needs its crops and its people to be happy and things like that. So it looks like it's it's mixing a lot of cool genres here um, and it's available on November 4th. That's like low key. One of those late uh, late year releases that I think might sneak up on us. It looks pretty cool. Um, it's the first time we've heard about it. And, and yeah, uh, we wrapped up with the news that a lot of people have been waiting for for a long time, maybe too long. Maybe this is a bit of a late of an announcement, but it's, it's still very exciting. Persona five Royal persona Four golden and persona three portable are all coming to Nintendo switch. That's very, very, very exciting. Uh, persona five Royal will be available first on October 21st of this year. Golden and portable don't have release dates yet. It just says coming soon. So, that wraps up the Nintendo Direct of the week. Uh, some bangers there. I mean, some really good stuff. I mean, Harvestella looks cool. Everyone should be excited about Persona 5 Royal uh, if you haven't played it yet. Um, looks pretty good. Uh, by the way, Skate 4. Everyone's been asking, hey, where is that game? Uh, it got announced and then kind of forgotten about or something. But EA actually showed off the game in progress. I like what they're doing. They're doing this with Dead Space and now they're doing it with Skate 4. They're showing really early development footage from these games. I think that's cool. I think that's kind of nice. And you know what? It looks janky, which is good. That's what I, I, we don't want a super polished skate game. 
we we still need you know 15 minute supercuts of all the completely bonkers stuff that can happen in skate uh that video was great we've posted a uh, piece and some thoughts and that uh trailer over on fanbyte.com thank you funky uh for putting those thoughts up it looks great <laughs> um they showed some of the new textures too this game still looks beautiful um but honestly even if they kept it kind of in its pre alpha low poly state it's pretty dope i don't know I don't run EA. I mean, if I did, I probably wouldn't tweet stuff like she's at 10, but she only plays single player games like EA's social people did this week. That wasn't very smart. Uh, By the way, Blizzard, Activision Blizzard, they've got a big uh, game called World of Warcraft. They've got a new uh, expansion called Dragonflight. It's supposed to come out this year and to help bolster uh, the development effort for World of Warcraft may not even be for Dragonflight. It might be for something else. Blizzard is uh, acquiring or is intends to acquire. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, Proletariat, the folks that made Spellbreak. Spellbreak is a battle royale game involving magic. That team is unfortunately stopping any sort of development, and that game will be off the market and servers shut down at some point this year. They announced that earlier this week, and everyone was sad about that because that's a cool game. It just didn't get a lot of traction. But then they announced that, hey, uh, Blizzard's going to acquire us and we're going to get to work on World of Warcraft stuff. And it's 100 employees for Proletariat. That's a a much, much, much larger studio than I think I realized. Uh, And so that's going to be an extra 100 folks working on World of Warcraft going forward. Presumably, they're really not working on Dragonflight because I would expect at this point Dragonflight's close to being done. But maybe they're working on a future expansion, future features that we don't know about. Maybe a port. Who knows? That's just rampant speculation. But Proletariat will get to work on World of Warcraft as soon as that acquisition is done. Uh, Some late breaking news on Friday as we're recording this. Uh, It appears, based on some LinkedIn profile uh, updates, I love that as a source of news. People get so messy when they just post hiring things and new positions on LinkedIn. It's very funny. It appears that Bungie and NetEase, NetEase is one of the biggest tech companies in China. They're working on a ton of video games. Uh, They are working together on a first-person mobile game. So Bungie, the masters of the FPS, and NetEase, uh, one of the masters of highly monetizable Uh, mobile games they're working on something together we have to imagine that that ease pays paid bungie a lot of money to uh co-develop something uh we have no idea it's going to be on ios and android that's really all we know at this point but uh that ease has got a ton of experience on mobile bungie has really never done anything super uh hard with mobile so that'll be interesting i i, I don't know how all of these things interact with sony you know like It's just a very interesting development for me. Does, I guess, Sony will at some point kind of own this large NetEase co-developed property? It's an interesting thing. Uh, But uh, it appears that that this is happening. We will probably get some sort of official announcement sometime soon as those LinkedIn profiles uh, usually predate news by a little while. Uh, But yeah, very interesting stuff. Uh, The news has otherwise been a a little bit slower than usual, which is okay. I mean, I'm happy with that. Uh, We did uh, we did see uh, four new games added to the Sega Genesis lineup for Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, This got these these four games just hit it on late Thursday evening. So one and zero wing 
which is, of course, uh, the game that all your base are belong to us comes from. If you don't know what that is, then congratulations on being in your early 20s. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's kind of exciting, at least for the memes. Uh, Target Earth is a run and gun shooter. Um, that's pretty straightforward. Comic Zone is a really cool, uh, like highly, highly interesting art style uh, beat em up that came out on Genesis. It's very, very, very neat. Um, it's not the best uh, uh, beat em up in the world, but it's pretty cool, at least with the, the, the style. You got to see it. Uh, and the Mega Man, the Wily Wars, which is a very interesting collection. It's uh, the first three Mega Man games for Sega Genesis. They are 16 bit remakes of the original eight bit game. So they have updated graphics, updated sound and some other stuff. Uh, it is uh, pretty cool. Uh, and if you beat all three of those games, you actually get a, a new zone. Uh, with a new boss. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, that was one of those games that I was always interested in playing, but for some reason never did. I owned a Genesis. I don't think I treated my Genesis library very well. I have to admit that. I think I I had a Genesis and I, I, I told myself, yeah, I'm a Sega kid. I, I don't need no stinking SNES, but the entire time I just think I was seething. I just wish I had had a, a Super Nintendo instead. I just didn't play a lot of Genesis except for like Streets of Rage. Anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that really wraps up our top stories for the week. Uh, I'm going to take a little break. We're going to do uh, a quick break to uh, uh, showcase another podcast here on the network. And then on the other side of that break is an interview with the one and only Jeff Gersman. I'm super excited for you to hear that. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Hey folks, just interrupting the show real quick to tell you that as I'm recording this, it is my birthday. I turned 37 on Friday, July 1st. That's when I record the show and get it ready to go out to go out every single Sunday with my producer, Paul. Uh, instead of just promoting one podcast, I'm going to say a birthday present that you could give to me is just to tell your friends about any of our podcasts. That's Channel F. You love to see it. This show, thanks for the knowledge. Friends reunion, spawn on me. Khalif's amazing show, and ninety nine potions. Just tell a friend about one of those shows. Why you like it? Why they should listen to it? You know what your friends like. If you're thinking, all right, like my friend likes to laugh about stuff, then you know this week's episode of Friends reunion is a real banger. Um, we have something for everybody. General games, ninety nine potions. That does. RPG stuff. We're we're a versatile group, and uh, it would mean a lot to me if you would tell your friends about it. And if you can't do that, share it on Twitter. And if you can't do that, give us a, a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you can't do that, and you're just like, I don't, I don't like really talking to people about stuff. I just like listening to the podcast. That's okay. That's okay. I just, uh, it would mean a lot if you would, uh, if you do that. If you do any of those things, it would be amazing. So, yeah, uh, I love our podcast very, very much. We would really appreciate uh, any sort of good vibes you could send out to the world and to your friends about our wonderful podcasts. Okay, on to the next segment.
My guest this week, you might know him from uh, his many years at GameSpot. You might know him from his many years at Giant Bomb. And now you may know him as kind of running his own show over uh, on Patreon. Very exciting to have for the first time on a Fanbyte production. It's Jeff Gersman. Hey, John, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Awesome. I'm, it's, I'm doing well. It's great to be here. It's great to yeah. finally, we, we've been, been talking for a while about sure. making this happen. And, yeah. And, and, I'm, I'm and here really, we are. I really appreciate the time. I really do. Um, yeah. I, know, I know you're busy right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> <laughs> and I want to, I want to start there because I mean, you, you, uh, you've, you've left giant bomb that happened. What? That was three weeks ago, four weeks um, ago, something. Uh, so it's been, I guess, about a month. It's been a month, right? Since yeah. I've been out, and then there was a two-week window there where I was kind of sitting on my hands. So yeah, it's wow. Yeah, I don't so know. you, this, so you, you had a gap because I was unclear about that. So there was a two-week period where you were basically like setting stuff up. And no, not- there's a two-week period where I was like, um, oh, I got not- you. Uh, yeah, no, there was, <laughs> it was from yeah. the other end, uh, sure. on that one. Yeah. Um, and no, yeah, so, so basically it was like, okay, I'm still technically an employee of this company. Yeah. And so I kind of can't set stuff up. Yeah. yeah um, yeah, and yeah. so, yeah, so yeah, it was like a you, lot of you reflection. Came, you came in hot with something brand new. How, how did that go? It, it went great. Uh, you know, it's, it's always hard to know, um, you know, how, how that sort of stuff's going to go. You, yeah, you kind of sure. kick the tires on it. Of, of course, you know, some, some other folks, uh, left a while ago and you kind of look yep. at that stuff. And, you know, I, I looked at, uh, what Austin Walker had been doing, what Danny O'Dwyer had been doing, sure. what kind of funny had been doing and, and all that sort of stuff. So it was really kind of, it was interesting because when, when we were building giant bomb and when we were building the premium aspect of it, there yeah. wasn't really a lot of stuff like that out there. We had, we had run a premium subscription service at GameSpot back in the day called GameSpot Complete. Right. And it was so old that it was like, you get priority access to Quake servers. You know, it was like that kind of <laughs> that kind of service. You get all the you get fast downloads on patches for PC games. Oh, God, um, I, re- I remember a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. you get the call to actions on the website. It's like, hey, sign up for this. You'll get you'll get priority download. And I'm like, yeah. oh, wow. All right. Things, things <laughs> and that really meaningful changed. then. It was, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so yeah, there wasn't really a lot to to look at, and and really the tools didn't exist, and that's that was really the exciting thing. But I mean, you know, as much as as much as this was kind of set up very quickly, you know, I've, I've been watching this landscape for let's say the past year, um, <laughs> and kind of seeing where it's all going or or, or what exists because right. there wasn't. You know, there wasn't Patreon. There wasn't like a way right. to like very easily set up your own kind of like oh how do i take a credit card like all the all the the payment yeah, end of, of things the paywall end of things like we had to have a very sharp engineering team to do all that work and now you can just kind of do it for a cut of the proceeds um for from a company like patreon or you know obviously like youtube ad stuff and twitch's ad split and all this other stuff like there's so many different platforms out there that you can take advantage right. of that it's of course it's a lot easier to just kind of get up and running um you know, the thing I would say is like, you could launch a podcast in like 12 hours. Like yeah, it doesn't, of course. you know, you can, yeah. you can record it and get it online and start getting it added to services. iTunes and some of these other services, like yeah. nothing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just crazy how far that stuff has come. So it, in, in the end, once I kind of made the decision about which way I was going to go, it was just kind of like, boom, boom, boom. It was, it was like the hardest part was deciding if I was going to name it or not. Right. Yeah. 
Um, why, why was now the right time for this? Do you think for you? Well, I think, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, it's just kind of, Hmm. Why is it the right time? You know, I, I think it's something that, so I guess what's what, over the last month you could think of as like something that like took place over the last month, over the last year or over the last five to seven years sure, um, right. of, of like, okay, you know, we, we started this as an independent operation and we sold it to CBS in yeah. like, I think it was 2011 or, or I, I don't even remember what yeah. year it was. It was, it was a while ago. Yeah. And so, you know, th that dynamic changed then. Uh, and then that company, we, we got spun off and sold to another company and, and that was the last year or so. And so, you know, those dynamics change and you, you look at situations, you look at like, what do I really want to do with my career? And like, do I really want to be reporting to another person? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, hear, I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, at, at some point you kind of, you know, it, it's, it's this whole thing of like, I, do you want to be a small part of a very large company? And right. can that, can that company, and this is CBS, you know, this, this is, I'm not even talking about, and I, and I won't be talking about right. the, the current new, new ownership, the sure. new thing, but you know, but the, the whole thing of like, you know, a manager comes in and you explain to them why you exist yeah. and you make a bunch of pitches and then some of them go through, some of them don't. And then that manager moves on and you're like, okay, well now we have to start all over with whoever they brought in to do it now. You, you, do, you do have to, I, I want, I want people at home to understand this. You have to justify your existence almost no matter what level you're performing at, at, at yeah. like on an endless loop, it feels like. Yes. Um, and so I've been, the, I've been through that loop four or five times yeah. <laughs> since we, yeah, I get since that. we sold the thing and you're like, okay, uh, am I going to do this again? And you're like, I don't want, I don't <laughs> want, I'm sick of that. I I'm tired of doing that either. You know, it's like the iced tea, you know, either you believe all these hand grenades are good or you don't. And, <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's all I've got, you know? Yeah. And, and so you go through that enough times and you're just like, man, Matt, so much time is wasted on this. And also, right. you know, I, th I think there's there's a, a weird dynamic of like, you know, like these like the, the concept of like the personality driven business. Sure. Um, right. And and what do you and I think this is something I, I, I suspect this is something Greg Miller ran into at IGN. Yeah. Um, was this notion of just like, OK, you know, what are you there to do? And, and what is the company like? What is the company's mechanisms for? Um, making employees happy yeah. and that's, that's the different things like okay uh we can we can give you a promotion we can move you up but it's like i'm here to do this i'm here to host podcasts i'm here to cover video games i'm here to do produce that type of content as a personality yeah and so i don't want to move up the corporate ladder into some kind of dis like vanishing middle management role like it's just right. not it's, it's not why i'm there and yeah. so like the the number one lever that a lot of companies have to retain employees and stuff like that is just kind of null and void for, for what I think this type of job is. And so, yeah. you know, there, there comes a time where you're like, okay, well, how do you, how do you retain these employees? If, especially yeah. in a personality driven business, you've got people that are going to break out and, and suddenly, you know, and, and this happens, I think these businesses all over the place, like someone breaks out and you're like, okay, well we can't afford to keep them anymore. Right. And there, so, you know, they go out on their own and, and try to do their thing or, or whatever. But yeah, 
It's a, it's a unique problem because yeah, I don't I don't think media companies by and large, especially corporate owned ones, have adjusted to kind of this new reality. There were these when I lived in LA. I remember there were these kind of like personality driven farms that would pop up. In right. Yeah. Like where, a hype house almost. Uh, like yeah. So yeah. Some yeah. Kind of nightmare. Exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. So there was this kind of feeling that like someone somewhere had kind of figured out, Hey, yeah, if we're going to run personality driven, Hey, these people are speaking directly to an audience and, and forming this connection. And that's like a vital part of how we monetize. I mean, I hate to think of to talk yeah, about yeah. stuff like that, but, but it's, it's true. It's the, it's the, the business we're in. It's the, the business the, we're in, the but it's yeah. like the, these farms popped up, but they, but they, but they also didn't figure out the right way to do this. And most of them are totally out of business because they were paying, ridiculous guarantees of premiums to these people and then their right. YouTube channels wouldn't pop off or whatever. And then it was a, a huge risk and, and most of them have folded. And then these corporations haven't figured it out either. I mean, you, you kind of get, and we've seen it, you know, I won't name names, but we've just seen it happen over and over again at traditional outlets. And they get someone who is a uh, totally, a superstar level talent at something and it only takes a year or two for that to just burn right the fuck out. And, and then they got to go do something, you know, on their own. Like we've, we've yeah. seen it, I think like eight times in the past, like five years, I feel. Oh, like. definitely. And that's, you know, that's, you go all the way back to, you know, the nineties and two thousands when yeah. I was doing this sort of stuff. Like we, you know, we were made to feel, and I don't know that this was a deliberate act so much as it was just like, Maybe it was just the reality how they saw it, but you know, right. you made to feel inc incredibly replaceable. It was this idea of just right, like we get right. we get resumes from college kids every single day right. that'll do it, your job it, for half it the month. Kill to have your job, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like why aren't you happy? You're playing video games all day, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, marketing dude, you clearly don't understand what this job is. But right. thanks, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's been it, it's a weird. <laughs> it's a weird line of work. It always has. Been. It, it really, it really is. Um, but reception to your stuff so far is, is seemed really positive to me. I think, um, I've, I've, I've enjoyed the content obviously so far, but like, Thank you. Uh, how, how has that transition been to kind of like managing this community kind of on a, a one on one basis? It's been fun. Yeah. It's been, it's been really awesome. It kind of, it feels, it feels the way it should. It feels, um, it feels normal. It feels honest. You know, sure. it, it feels like, okay, this is, this is what I'm selling. Yeah. And if you're interested in that, here's where you can pay. And there's no, there's no middleman. There's no, you know, there, there's, there's really, there's not a lot of layers and there probably need to be some layers at some <laughs> point, you know, just in yeah. terms of like, I am, you know, I'm, I'm answering customer support for yeah, people you, that you are a can't. person with a yes. family and yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm, you know, running multiple streams per week and, and doing all this different stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, a it's, lot. it's been, and, and I'm handling all the production on it. So when right. a video breaks, which I was bitten by some technical bugs, of course, like the of week course. that I started doing this. Oh yeah, of course. Um, so it's been like, okay, now I'm like popping open command lines and using FFmpeg <laughs> to join <laughs> files together and cutting this. And, you know, it's, so it's been fun finding, okay, because I don't, I don't have an Adobe license anymore. So it's like, right. okay, so I'm using all of these awesome open source tools again. I'm kind of, it, it yeah. feels very back to basics in a, in a very fun way where it's like nothing I'm doing is, you know, like all this stuff is solved problems. I'm putting up videos and I'm putting up podcasts. Like yeah. people do it all the time, yeah. but 
being able to kind of figure out, okay, what's the most efficient way for me to do this yeah. alone? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and really just kind of, I think where I'm at right now is just kind of like, I need to bang on this yeah. in as many different ways as possible and see where it breaks. And once I see where it breaks, then it's like, okay, do I need to hire someone or, or you know, can I bring someone else in or what do I change about a process or, or whatever to kind of make this, make this go and make it continue yeah. to grow. This is a very, very detailed question, but what, what are you using for your live uh, transcript stuff? Cause that's been a nice part of your streams. Oh, it's um, it is, it's a, it's an OBS plugin. Nice. Okay. Um, and it is called OBS captions plugin. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's That's on GitHub. Brilliantly from, named. Yeah. From a user named rat with a compiler. And, uh, <laughs> that's good. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, but that's, that's been nice. I think I've, I still feel like, uh, the industry, uh, if we can call it that is, is behind on stuff like that. So it's, it's been nice to have those on your streams. It was something I originally was just like, this'll be goofy because it will get stuff wrong and that will be fun. Sure. And then I was like, oh, actually like people are, are genuinely benefiting from this yeah. as well. And, so it's, it's, and yeah, also it's, it's cool. also, it's better than I expected it to honestly, yeah. when I've been yep. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. Some of this weird shit that we have to say as People would talk about video games for a living. I mean, they're, they're, it's it's not bad. Um, it's, I believe it ships it off to some Google API. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And, and then it sense. comes back and 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 shows up. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. You uh, you alluded to kind of your your longevity in in the business. Um, I, I did some math, and you've been around roughly seven to eight times longer than this website has existed. So, <laughs> um, I, I we've we've I think a lot has changed for the better since you know the the early mid nineties. Uh, yes. I think more diverse voices. I think like labor reporting is in a much better place than it was. But like. What's something that you think we've lost in this industry over the past like 25 years that you're, you're you kind of lament? I think that um, and this is something that we just saw yesterday with the or, or earlier this week, I guess I should say earlier yeah. last week um, with the <laughs> the reaction to the lack of a God of War announcement <laughs> or the yeah. uh, like like th those sorts of things where as the fan base has grown. Uh huh. Uh, I think you're getting a lot of people who think they know a lot more than they do mm -hmm. and, and think that things need to be run a certain way and that they are attempting to impose their will. Like basically ever since Mass Effect 3 happened, ever since the Mass Effect 3 ending thing happened, it yeah. feels like we've been on a downward trajectory in terms of the the online discourse about games in a social media kind of kind of public setting and yeah. and you know and that's not to say like you know look I, I was getting death threats in the late 90s you know like sure it was, of course it was you know it, it was it's that's that's always been that's but been people there. used to have to email it in they couldn't yeah, just yeah, write right. it on yeah, twitter yeah, yeah. um but yeah i think there was there was a little bit less secrecy back then because the information didn't have as many different ways to travel and no one was walking around with the phone in their pocket right. all the time yeah. and so it was a lot easier to just have a, a, a somewhat less guarded conversation with someone making games. People yeah. weren't as media trained. And so it just felt a little more like, you know, I could have a conversation with a producer, uh, with a producer about midnight club, I believe it was, but yeah. it was just like, you know, he's like, you know what, a, part of what a producer does is, um, find creative solutions to, to problems. So like when we wanted helicopters in the game, we had to set the gravity to just like negative 20. We, it's like, it's a car, 
but we set set the gravity to negative 20 so that it hovers in the air instead of on the ground or, or you know, like mm. just like interesting little details like that that you still can get here and there. Sure. But, you know, it, it's it's I think there was a lot more of that back then, but there was a lot more. I mean, you talk about like the yes, of course, diversity, but like the so when I first started in, you know, let's call it 92 ish when I start, first started going to trade shows and stuff like that, it was like cigar chomping sales guys sure. who had no yeah. interest in video games. Uh-huh. And sometimes it felt like, you know, as, as I started meeting more and more people from magazines, like they seemed like they were not part of the same, you know, they were, they were not, they were not part of the same demographic. I was, it was a much older crowd of people that had these jobs then. And the only, the, the first people I met, uh, that that seemed like I could identify with and seemed like they genuinely just loved video games was the crew at Game Informer ah, when sure. Andy McNamara was there and 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 Paul and, and that original crew at Game Informer they were just like this is great we love video games and we love writing about them and and, and all this other stuff and and those were that 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 early meeting for me like I think cemented a lot of like oh okay like you don't have to just become some soulless suit and just say right. well this. Ninja Turtles game is going to burn up the charts. The kids <laughs> love these turtles and, you know, like, like all that sort of stuff. But like, that's, that's largely what it was. It just felt like a bunch of business guys. Yeah. Uh, that had no interest in the actual video games. Yeah. You still see a, a stray, one of those at these trade, yeah. sh- stra- uh, trade shows, which is, is still very funny to see, but I do think you're right for the most part. I think that's, that's changed a lot. Um, I want to talk about uh, games. Let's talk about games for a second. Um, let's 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 put Elden Ring. Um, let's let's take it outside the room and just pet it on the head and say you've done a great job. Good job, Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. Let's look back at the first half of, of the year. What what kind of stands out to you as some of your favorite games that have come out um, aside from aside from Elden Ring? It's Tunic. You could leave Elden Ring in the room, and I would still say. Tunic. All right. Wow. Um, yeah. Dang. I. I, I loved Tunic so much and for a lot of the same reasons why I loved Fez, you know, the, sure. kind of, the way those layers kind of peel back and, yep. and, and as they show you more and more of what that game really is. And, uh, yeah, no t- Tunic was just, I, it became an obsession for me until yeah. I finished it. I, I will admit I, I did eventually kind of look a couple of things up, but it was that sort of thing where it's like, I've half solved this puzzle and I don't right. feel like writing a bunch of notes right now. So, yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm going to look this part up and, and go. But yeah, I just the the art style, the music, the the way they integrate this manual into the gameplay. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. And you're just you're finding these manual pages that are just like every single one is a literal just mind blower. Just like, oh, wow, I can't believe that's what this game is. And then 20 <laughs> minutes later, it happens again. And you're like, oh, no, are you kidding me? Uh, it was just uh, I had an incredible incredible time with tunic yeah i thought that was a, a really fun mechanic when i when i talked to the developer about it it it, it does strike me as a very uh th- there are there are folks in younger generations who uh, who love that game and eat that up but but that mechanic very specifically about collecting these manual pages i mean that just drills so deep into the brains of uh people who are now you know, i would say in their mid 40s to you know mid 30s to mid 40s and and i thought it was a really smart move like <laughs> i'm like yeah. i'm like yeah i want to collect all of those because it is it is sucking me right back into um you know uh, a shitty little uh extra office <laughs> that my parents set up for the NES and just like flipping through 
uh, I don't know, fucking Mega Man manuals and stuff. And right. Yeah. Um, and they and nailed yeah. the art style of just 100%. like, like yeah. it, it's definitely like it's it's Legend of Zelda esque, but yeah. not, not super derivative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, yeah, I just there's there's just a, a ton there. Uh, and I, really yeah, I just it was, it was just so smartly made and it's hard to go back to because now. So what I did, I finished Tunic and then I was like, well, I should play Tunic again. And <laughs> yeah, because it, 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 you know, it's like, oh, well, I can get achievements for it now. I, I bet I could get those really quickly because uh-huh. I know. But but the thing that happened is like you forget the exact you learn all these shortcuts that just that work at any time. Uh-huh. And so when you go back into it, you're suddenly breaking sequence in ways that make the game way harder. Where you're way like, I don't harder. remember. Yeah. You get in like an hour in and you're like, I don't remember where the shield is anymore uh-huh. because yeah. I've gone so many different directions. So yeah. it's, it's one of those games I, that a lot like Fez. I need to not play it for five or six years and try to forget about it as much as I can. Yeah. And, and then come back to it and, and, and lose all the post-its or notebooks that you wrote little right, shit yes. down Br- and burn because, all that stuff yeah. and, and, and start over. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, that's been the big, the big, big standout uh, for me this year. It's been, yeah, it's been a good, it honestly, like as slow as the rest of the year, I think kind of looks to some people like this year has been a, a banger. Honestly, I think there've been a lot of really, uh, good games. I think neon white right now is yeah. a very interesting game. I, uh, I know, I know Ben Esposito a bit. We, we used to be at glitch city in LA together. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just, I love indie devs that take, um, that take a successful game like Donut County and then their next thing could not be more different. Like, <laughs> right. I, f- I fucking love that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really, yeah. I came around on the, the writing in, in neon white. Like at first sure. it was a little, it was a yeah. little much and I yeah. was just like, okay. All right. And then it just, it, it kind of all clicked into place for me. And I'm like, all right, I, I'm starting to appreciate the, kind of dumb characters it, 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 it and, is. and that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically uh himbo simulator of 2022. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Um, anything catch your eye this week on the Nintendo direct? There was a, you know, a, I, I don't get the branding of Nintendo directs at all. They're like, it's a mini showcase. I'm like, it, it's 28 minutes and it's packed full of shit that people have been waiting for. Um, seems right. like kind of a big deal. What, what kind of caught your eye, uh, this week? Um, you know, I, th- I, th- in a bad way, I guess. Well, maybe not a bad way is a wrong word, but like something that stuck out is the notion that they're going to remake Pac-Man World. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, like I, I was there when Pac-Man World came out. No one cared. It came out. And it was like, all right, whatever. It was a, and the idea that they're like, no, we're going to put Pac-Man World back out. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand why that. It's happening. Um, but the the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, for as much as some of those filters and some of the, the stuff about it look bad, yeah. uh, those are those are great games. Well, I, I guess I should say I only played the first two, but sure. I love those games just conceptually. And so mm-hmm. so the idea that people will be able to maybe experience those again, I think is really cool. Um I, I and, was I was such yeah. a Mega Man head as a kid, but I never played those because I felt like I, I, I get, you know, I, when was, when was that? Like the mid two thousands? I think I felt like, yeah, I was like, this is not my house. This is not my wife. Like, you know, <laughs> like about Mega Man and, and I, and I didn't, I didn't touch him. And then years later I was like, man, that was actually probably 
would have been pretty fucking cool. Um, and now I've got a chance to kind of play them. So I, I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on them. Um, I've heard from many people who played those games that they're like, you do not need to play all 10 of these games. No, definitely um, not. <laughs> which, which kind of makes it funny that they're packaging them this way, which is odd because if you do a physical package that packs all 10 together, but if it's digital, they basically split it in this weird way, which I yeah, don't understand. Like it was like the first three and then four, and five, then and four, six. Four, five, and, and six. And three, yeah. four, five, and six have two versions like Pokemon. So right. um, odd package, but I'm excited about, you know, Capcom continuing to kind of have these re-releases. Uh, you know, um, they, they've, they, that was a bit hit and, hit or miss, but like some of them have been, have been nice. So yeah, yeah. And, and I think the, these games, I think, will find have the the they, they may find a much larger audience this time around because yeah. of that kind of deck building kind of card based like the the gameplay in these games feels like it's it's at least relatively contemporary. I feel yeah. like we're seeing a lot of games these days that are like trying to to kind of capture some of that gameplay or, yeah. or, or some of that stuff these days. So so the idea that they're coming back out uh, and, and, you know, maybe this will lead to them making a new one, which would be potentially nice we'll see because again I, I think that that style of gameplay is uh is very hot right now yeah it's very uh, hot right now yeah and then they they announced they they showed the um the kind of the other half of the sonic frontiers embargo i was gonna ask you about that yeah yeah um how's that looking to you <laughs> I, you know I, I think it looks bad i don't know it's, it's, um, yeah it's, it's uh so yeah before sonic frontiers i think got formally announced i of a, a Someone I know hit me up and said, hey, uh, I just saw a little bit of Sonic Frontiers um, and it looks kind of cool. There's kind of a Shadow of the Colossus vibe, kind of open mm. world vibe thing. And I'm like, OK, all right. Well, that sounds different. And then that first trailer hit and people just started dumping on it. And and then I, I got to see it for myself at, at Keeley's thing uh, yeah. a few weeks ago. And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm not. I, my relationship with the Sonic franchise is is very uh, troubled and yeah, same. I'm I'm straightening it out in a lot of ways because I've come to the realization that all those games are actually bad. I uh, I you you are among friends at least on this call. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. never been a a Sonic person. Um, I think I have some nostalgia for the original Sonic Adventure just because I have like. Like mm-hmm. there is a Dreamcast just permanently plugged into the back of my head, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, I, and I'm. I'm I'm nostalgic for that, but like I don't think these games are good, and I don't think they ever have been. No, um, I, the, that first level of Sonic Adventure was at least pretty, but even yeah, then, I was like, right. I don't want to play this. This yeah. is this is an awful, yeah. awful video game. Um, but yeah, this this open zone thing they're talking about, and then so the reveal that they had with this kind of second hit was like, oh, by the way, there's traditional 3D Sonic levels in yep. here. Yeah. And yeah, and they uh, yeah. look and they look more Sonic like, I guess, you know, so it's like, yes, um, yeah. you know, I think I, I think the funniest part about the reaction to Sonic Frontiers is, you know, everyone's like, ooh, open world Sonic, what a cool idea. And then they show it to us and they're like, no, not like this. Like you took all the wrong lessons from fucking Breath of the Wild. Like, no, this sucks. Like, God, yeah. we just want the old Sonic back. And then we saw kind of the old Sonic stuff. And I still feel like people are like, ah, fuck, not like this either. Holy shit. Right. You know, so yeah. I, I don't I don't know what this game could do to, to no, save itself at this I, point 
And I'm not. I don't. I I can't envy anyone charged no, with trying to make a new Sonic not. the Hedgehog game, yeah. whether it's 2D, 3D, anything. Like the fan expectations, right, are so tortured and twisted yeah. at this point. Like I just I don't think that crowd could ever be truly satisfied. Yeah. Uh, with with anything, and so I guess I can at least fall back on at least Sonic Frontiers open world stuff is different from the stuff they have done before. I don't yeah. think it's. I, I I don't I don't know that it's going to be good. In fact pretty sure it's not going to be but at least it's something else at least they're going to try to do something else i mean i i almost think second at this point i mean this is my my hot take they, they should do what square enix is doing with yoshida and just put him on everything hey what does this game need it needs yoshida take someone from the fucking yakuza series or something that's working <laughs> for yeah. sega and just be like what the fuck are we doing like what what can we do with set with sonic that at least gets new people on board and actually satisfies our, um, uh, I'll say passionate fan base. Um, but I don't know what they could do. I, it's one of, it's one of the trickiest, uh, little thought experiments in games is like, how, how, how do you do Sonic? Because, okay. How about we give it to the persona team and just have them make a persona game, but <laughs> with not? the Sonic, like I, I want to S link with big, the cat. I mean, like of all the, of all the wild shit that they've done, um, and I'm not saying this game was particularly good because it wasn't, but it's like, you know, the Bioware thing they did. I'm like, right. think about, I think outside the box a little bit, like think, you know, do something like, because I think now a move like that might be more well-received and the game might be better, which is definitely important. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that something, I feel like something has to be done, but you know what, that, that fan base seems to just eat up whatever um so right yeah and and they're about to you know well i guess they, they already have a different fan base that just thinks of sonic as a movie franchise and <laughs> right. maybe doesn't even care about the games yeah so maybe not yeah maybe that writes them a weird blank check to where they can come back around and be like okay based on the movie now we've got this game or yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know i don't know chili dogs um yeah. uh, how are you uh how are you feeling that uh, street fighter six is shaping up uh, I am very excited about it. That yeah. was another game, that, another team that I would definitely would not envy in terms of like, what do you do to make a street fighter in this day and age? I feel like yep. street fighter five missed the mark in so many different ways. Yep. At, at they, launch and post launch. I mean, just definitely pretty much yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And, and that's a big thing. I, I, I think a lot about the way games often focus on esports first and how detrimental that can be to, like a wider fan base of course and, yeah and all of that sort of stuff and so street fighter 6 just feels like it has a lot of bells and whistles that will attract that larger audience of course they're trying to do some stuff with the controls to to make it a little bit more appealing there and and i think the time is right for that that's something that i definitely would have rebelled against 10 15 years ago right but um i think it makes a lot more sense these days i i yeah. love the look of it i think it plays really well it's very it's very it's it's very deliberately paced like it's a much I've, slower feeling game exactly like, the word yeah. i used when imran shot us like the raw footage from the floor like yeah i was watching 15 minutes of that i was like this looks so deliberate and like i know people are gonna say slow i know but i'm, I'm like this to my eyes looks like a more fun and strategic and interesting experience to me. yeah it's chunky like the hits yeah. feel menacing Waiting. like you know you, sure. you're just like oh yeah there, there there's a yeah there's yes there's an absolute weight to those attacks that i think yeah. helps kind of sell the whole thing a little bit more visually yeah um and and yeah i, I think this like systems wise in terms of how they're handling different meters and management of those resources 
like that all sounds really interesting. It'll yeah. kind of have to wait and see until the game's actually out because I remember seeing Street Fighter Five for the first time before it was out and looking at all the V triggers, all the different meters and stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is oh, so yeah, cool. This is right. so much better than Street Fighter Four. Uh-huh. And then like, uh, no, no. <laughs> um, no. Bummer. But, yeah, it was it was it was like a half step and also a, a step back, I feel like. So um, definitely excited for Street Fighter six. And I'm a sucker for uh, Final Fight references. It's one of the yep. only things you can shoehorn into a game. And I'd be like, OK, like I'm I'm there for for more Mad Gear gang um, stuff. So I'm very definitely. interested to see what that first that single player experience is like, because that looks uh, pretty buck wild. So, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely excited. definitely and, and and just the the idea that they're showing it now and when you think about street fighter 5 launching yeah. without a single player story right. and all this other stuff yeah like you just I, I think you if you if you want to have a mainstream fighting game that breaks out of that kind of esports fighting game community kind yeah. of mold that's a great place to start it works so well for mortal Kombat. yeah like the their story modes are so well received every time that yeah. I, I think it's it's just crazy that they that they went that route but yeah. they seem to be I, better this time. I mean, who knows how the game lands? I mean, I'm, I'm right. optimistic for it, but it's it's also like they 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 have taken the playbook of what to do with kind of a PR rollout, and like they've done everything right so far. So it's like it's it's been pretty pretty cool to see that. Um, yeah. What uh, what's maybe an under the radar game you're looking forward to uh, to the fall? It's kind of a weird. I feel like it's a weird year. Um, there's like less giant AAA stuff. I feel like coming out this year, but yeah, um, what's, um, uh, what are you looking forward to? Gosh, I don't, I don't know that I have an immediate answer to that question. Yeah. That's um, weird, huh? Yeah. That's, yeah. that is, you know, I, cause I, you know, yeah, there's in terms of, of big games and stuff like, like, you know, I, I, I am hopeful that call of duty kind of gets back on track this sure. year yeah. and, and, yeah, that, all that sort of stuff because they've de- had a couple that, of terrible years. That demo they showed looked honestly pretty cool. I mean, that, that hasn't been my bag for a, a long time, but yeah, you know, it was it, one. I, it, it it hasn't been my thing since probably the original Modern Warfare two, which is such a fucked up sentence <laughs> right. to say. Um, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, they might they might have gotten me this year, maybe. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I think you know when when they did that first Modern Warfare reboot, that they they overhauled a lot of what that. Yeah. game needed and so i'm, I'm kind of hopeful that they'll it's it's, it's a, a shame in a weird way that they kind of have to do that again but the last couple of years right have really fumbled it um yep. but i guess you know it, it's i am looking forward to the klonoa re-release yeah uh you Good know answer yeah klonoa is incredible always yeah. was i i just i'm excited that more people will get to see that game for sure those games because they're they're great i'm hopeful that saints row yeah ends up coming out right yeah yeah um, yeah yeah we have some question marks here at the at the at this at at uh fanbite about whether that's going to come out what right but it's like they show that creation suite like they showed that off early that feels like a good step i think so yep. yeah um, yeah and, yeah. and it's, it's, it's you know, we talk about the the mass effect effect uh, the master three effect and stuff i feel uh-huh. like that character creator is another bad example of like fan base raging yeah. over something that is obviously not a real problem uh-huh. and them going like all right fine we'll put we'll put a team on the character creator and put that out early so you can see that you can make whatever you want <laughs> jesus what is wrong with you people like, it, it's it's just insane I know. uh yeah you know if the, if the callisto protocol makes it out this year i guess I, that's the the other kind of preface right is like 
what's if, actually if these gonna make it. Yeah. Make it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's so funny. I mean, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up both and probably love both, but it, it is very funny that they're beating the dead space remake by about six weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very funny, but, uh, yeah, that was, uh, very, very good looking game. Uh, very creepy body horror, horror stuff. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way up to the, the fucking health bar on the back of the neck. I was like, okay, let's y'all, yeah. y'all, you let's, know, you've de- you're de- you definitely are in your bag. So yeah, they, they know what, they know the game that they're making, <laughs> they know the game they're making. They know sure. right up to the legal line of what game they can, <laughs> yeah. they can make on uh-huh. that front before. See, if only they had said it in the PUBG universe, I can't believe they backed <laughs> away from that I know. The rich and deep <laughs> player unknowns battlegrounds universe. So layered. Yeah. um i feel like that's like why take it out of there like they 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 had to get out there and announce like oh we're it's no longer part of the PUBG universe it doesn't matter (laughs) there is no PUBG universe i know they tried to do like some storyline about why the battlegrounds exist Mm -hmm. but like come on (laughs) yeah 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 they 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 saw Fortnite popping off they're like we have to have some sort of meta explanation for this stuff i was like y'all really don't you really don't absolutely um, just hit play and shoot people it'll yeah, work out it'll it'll be totally fine um I'm, I'm gonna start asking this question to literally everybody that appears on the show until this uh-huh. game comes out can you explain to me what overwatch 2 is in a minute or less uh it's a increasingly desperate attempt to get people <laughs> to care about overwatch again because all of the changes they've made with overwatch one over the past year plus five year whatever however long it's been have continually pushed away the average player in favor of an esports uh, focused crowd. And even that esports focused crowd is starting to get a little bit fed up with the whole thing. So they've got to punch whatever break emergency glass, whatever they can. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, I don't know. Well, also, everything here's on fire. So we have to split it into two games now. <laughs> and so now Overwatch 2 is technically just a patch for Overwatch 1. Yeah, that's okay. Thank you. That's a great one. That'll go. That'll <laughs> yeah. go in the pantheon. At the end of the year, right. we'll probably uh, uh, come out with a, a standalone episode that's just all of those stitched together. Um, uh, I would be a fool not to ask you about uh, professional wrestling before, uh, of course, we part. Yes. Um, AEW has been this kind of like uh, thing that has kind of revived my kind of love for this thing that I think I was kind of falling out of love with how Same here. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say just how, how has that changed your uh, relationship with this thing that we both like quite a bit? It's been so refreshing and exciting to watch, uh, to watch AEW and, and I still watch WWE. Yeah, um, sure. Because I'm in front of, I'm in front of a monitor when those shows are on. So yep. it's like, I, I put them on and, and, and so I am I am still consuming way too much wrestling. But but yeah. recently I, I made the decision of like, you know what? It's time that I start watching uh, AEW Dark and Dark Elevation. That shit hits. And yes, uh, I've been I'd been skipping that stuff and, and getting increasingly angry about the lack of dark order on television and sure. all that stuff. I'm like, right. you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to start watching. Dark. I'm going to get a VPN. In fact, I'm just going to sign up for AEW plus and uh, and and watch it all there. Uh, and uh-huh. And, and do all of that stuff. And yeah, it's, you know, I don't think that everything they're doing is, you know, is gangbusters. I think there's a, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that they could improve on, but it's just, they've earned so much rope. Uh, they've earned like, like so, so much leeway in terms of like, I am willing to go with them on an adventure and hope. Yeah. And, 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 and I trust that they will make it work out in the end. I think the, the forbidden door 
pay-per-view ended up I, th- I think proving that in a lot of ways because obviously in the run-up to that all the injuries disaster. all the planned matches just yep. a huge disaster you're like well this show's gonna be it's, terrible it's you're like be what terrible. is even happening what do, what do they have right yeah and and then you're like oh wait like almost like the the whole i'm gonna say the first two-thirds of that pay-per-view were, were untouchable yeah. and then at the end eh. it kind of fell apart at the end a little bit yeah. i mean but part of that was whatever happened to adam cole which right. seemed yeah. strange but uh yeah, I, I, I do think I, I will say the one thing AW is doing that I think they could improve. Those pay-per-views are too long. They're taking like the wrong lessons oh, from man. from WWE. You know, WWE has been kind of increasing the length of their majors for a few years. And by the time you get to the main event or whatever, you're gassed. And, and you know, like people aren't cheering for Kazuchika Okada's drop kicks. I was like, who the fuck? Like. That's, yeah. It's the most picture perfect drop kick in the history of the business, and y'all are quieter than the Japanese crowd that usually sees this. And like, and that's <laughs> and just because laws every, that prevent them from making noise. Yeah, right. But uh, it's just because like everyone's gassed by you know three and a half hours in. Yeah, um, there's there's a certain amount of show pacing that, especially I think Forbidden Door is is maybe an anomaly in that sense. Yeah, like, maybe it so. It felt like from a pacing perspective, and this is something WWE has always been really good at, for yeah. better or worse, is that like. The lift me up match, the popcorn match, whatever you want to call it. They like, okay, we're going to put this match in between these two bangers yep. so that you can at least like relax yeah, and, take, you take know, and yeah. And, and then get back up for the, the next, the next one. Whereas God, uh, yeah. Forbidden door just kind of didn't have that because, right. you know, most of the matches mattered yeah. uh, in, in meaningful ways. So yeah. I, I think some of that's because they just had to cram so much onto that card from the right. two organizations and, yeah. And all that sort of stuff, but yeah, the last, I, the the last pure like regular AEW show was definitely too long. Yeah, it was super long. I mean, if it, you know, it's uh, it's something something everyone should should realize. You don't have to do it. I mean, AEW is so good at just putting a lot of content just on on TV and on right. YouTube every week. It's like not ever, not all of it has to fit on. Uh, I wonder if some of it is, you know, I, I wonder if they ever feel the pressure because they're, because they're selling pay-per-views and of not course. a network subscription yeah, where it's a, like, okay, point. if this is a $50 show, we need to make sure it's crazy because yeah. our closest competitor is putting these out on, for, pe- on peacock on peacock. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So <laughs> you could watch uh, the office right after you watch uh, Roman Reigns beat someone for the 800th time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean that is a pretty pretty big difference uh yeah and but yeah it's it's, I've, it's been great having yeah having this alternative out there and, and and it feels even weirder weird to call them an alternative after three years you know it feels yeah. like they are they are the main thing i'm interested in yeah those storylines those characters and so i you know I, I think i'm i think a lot of people are feeling this as well it's that idea of just like i i like seeing these wwe guys come in and and get a new kind of lease on life but at the same time i miss some of the characters that are seemingly falling through the cracks like i mentioned dark, dark order, order is you know sunny kiss they're, and, they're letting a lot of contracts lapse with dark order yeah, which right, is a bummer right. so that that yeah. faction's getting smaller and kind of weirder and more fractured and more less less identity i feel like so yeah that's been kind of a bummer yeah, and 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 so I guess like that's that's been my beef with it. it. I think it's why the the Hangman and CM Punk angle worked for me at the at the end because as much as it was a weird kind of out of nowhere turn 
on Hangman's part to start saying he's defending the company from people like CM Punk. Right. Like there was a part of me that was like, no, yeah, it needs defending. Like, yeah. I, and I'm, I like CM Punk a lot and sure. And, and like seeing him in these storylines, but there's a part of me that just, I want to see this young talent. I want to see these fresh faces get yeah. more time on television and, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, that's now that I'm watching dark and dark elevation. And this is literally the first week I finally realized, like, I just need to start doing this. Um, I'm feeling a lot better about about all of it. They sure do, do a, a bad job of, you know, I'm not that main, maintaining a YouTube channel is easy. No, but especially when they're putting up as much different stuff as they are on the yeah. AEW channel, but they don't do a good job of archiving dark and dark elevation onto good playlists and all the other stuff. Like no. there's so much more that they could be doing. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and also like storyline stuff. Like I'm, I feel like it's really only been over the last, let's say, seven-ish years that I've begun to appreciate the physicality of a wrestling match sure. in a in a real way. Like, normally, for me, it was like a reverse porn thing where it's like, I just want to see the storylines <laughs> and the finishes yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and whatever. And the and, rest is whatever, sure. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm, I'm definitely appreciating a lot more of that now that I'm just watching better wrestling in, yeah. in some cases. Um, yeah. But I think that they could be doing more storyline stuff. They, they, the thing... You know, Vince Russo gets beat up a lot and he deserves uh, a lot of it. <laughs> he does. But one of the things that he is said to have done that I I at least think about and go, yeah, is like he tried to have every match matter, tried to have everyone in some kind of storyline. Yes. Most of the storylines were bad, but yep. at least there was something. It wasn't just, you know, and, and I think even matches on Dynamite sometimes feel like they just they're like, it's, here's a cold match. Here's a match. It's, it's, you're excited because it's a matchup you haven't seen. And you're like, yeah. wow, cool. But you're like, man, I, you know, this, they could have saved this. They could have built this up a better. They could have had these characters in some kind of storyline. I think the women especially suffer uh, yeah, that's definitely. across all of wrestling. Like, I just feel like there's not, there's, there have not been great storylines for, for women in WWE either. No, um, no, there haven't. Um, and, yeah, yeah. I, it, that's definitely an area they could improve on. I, I agree they're, they're in this kind of weird in-between period. I remember when, um, I feel like in like the mid nineties WCW, they were kind of in that like these are cold matches. You're just excited to see it's 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 WCW Saturday night. Arn Anderson's gonna wrestle right. uh, Tom Zink for no fucking reason, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. that's fine. Like I, I enjoyed seeing that stuff, and like to some extent, um, you have to kind of lean into the the sport of it, quote unquote. Yes, yeah. and and that's fine. Like I get why they do that, but I do feel like. They have a really good sense of continuity at AEW, but they just they don't always remind you of it, you know, at every single corner, which is something I think they could definitely improve. Um, but, you know, the, the power of being a billionaire with good taste, you know, like that's right. who knew, who knew yeah. right? Like, yeah, we've been we've been watching a billionaire with bad taste do this for a long time. <laughs> and, um, oh, you know, God, you, yeah. you don't have to give it to billionaires. I'm not saying that, but it's like. <laughs> Like, like you don't have to, that's hand, why you don't have to the, hand it I to think that's, that's the fan bite slogan. It's like these billionaires, you really got to hand it to them. You got to really hand it to the billionaires. That is the fan bite way. But it's like, it, it is kind of interesting. It's like, you got to just admit at some point, it's like, all right, Tony Khan, like, I, I, I yeah. guess one of the good ones, I don't know, you know, so I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe, you know, at least in this specific, in this specific aspect, way, uh, yeah, yeah. he is, he is, 
enabling content that I am I'm enjoying really loving. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, so and yeah, he, I think he gets a weird rat. You know, like wh- whatever people are criticizing his hugs and yeah. calling him cocaine Tony and yeah. you know, money Mark and all this other yeah. stuff. And it, I don't none of that. He just seems really excited about what he's doing. He does. He does. Like, yeah. I, I mean, his Twitter account is the best advertisement for his dealer in <laughs> yes. the world. But yeah, like he's just he's just an excitable little guy. Like, yeah. I don't know. So he's just, a, he's just a little, it's a little freaky man that loves wrestling. Freak. Yeah. And I love wrestling too. Yeah. And so I, I feel like I could hang out with that dude. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to let you go. Enjoy the rest of your, I'm, I'm assuming busy, uh, busy Friday. Um, as we, yeah, I'm, the, I'm the weekend. I'm, I got about 10 minutes here and then I'm going to start streaming. Perfect. That's awesome. That's, um, that's how it goes. <laughs> that's how it goes around here. Uh, what, what you got to plug? Plug away. Oh, well, it's, you know, I haven't, I, I've been really dumb about unifying behind a, a single URL sure. uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. I managed to break my email trying to do that the other night, but Perfect. <laughs> uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Jeff Gerstman for that's that. What, that's uh, for two you can, ends. You can't speed two run, ends. can't speed run Gerstman and miss the second no. end. You got to get that second end in there. No, you can uh, you can maybe go to Jeff.zone and that's my Tumblr and that's not going to have any good links to where I'm at either, <laughs> but at least it'll tell you how to spell my name. Uh, you know, you can find me on co-host. I'm over on co-host yeah. at Jeff Gersman. Uh Got that co-host plus. Not effing around. Um, Hell yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, exciting. So, I know a lot so of yeah, folks that's, waiting uh, for yeah, an the, invite the, there, but I've, yeah. yeah. The, the Jeff Gersman Hall of Fame just went up for people that are signed up to Patreon. That's my, my monthly thing. And we're looking at doing more stuff that kind of mines the some of the stuff I saw in the 90s, uh, yeah. in the in the early 90s, going to some of these cigar chomping weirdos and, you know, people in limos with Marina Sirtis because they're promoting the Star Trek Next Generation game and yeah. all this other weird, weird stuff from back then. I'm, I'm looking to produce some more content around that. You're, you're talking Rambo on that first one. So, yeah, you should go check that out, folks, yeah. uh, for patrons. Uh, it's a good, good little look at a weird game that I didn't know anything about. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, please go do that. Check out Jeff's stuff. Um, and thank you so much for hanging out. This is this is anytime, awesome. John. Yeah, yeah. No, this is great. Love this, doing it. This was super cool. All right, uh, have a good one. You too. Thanks again to Jeff Gersman. That was such a fun conversation. We alluded to games that are coming out in the next, you know, few months. But what about this week? It's a holiday week. I mean, this week we saw Cuphead's last uh, DLC. We saw uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Like, these are big releases. I'm hyping that up because this week is a little bit different. It's just, you know, it's just not as busy. But there's still some stuff you should know about. Uh, On July 7th, a game called Matchpoint is coming out for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox 3s, X and S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. If you want to get your tennis on, you can play Matchpoint. Uh, Arcade Again is coming to uh, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, X and S, Xbox One, and PC on July 8th. 
and uh, also on July 8th is Madison. It is a horror game coming to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, Nintendo Switch, and PC. And then finally on July 8th, we have Klonoa Fantasy Reverie Series. Yep, Klonoa's back, baby. Uh, Jeff Gersman just talked about that game. Uh, it's coming out on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. So pretty much no matter what you got, you can check out Klonoa. That's super exciting. Uh, what about Xbox Game Pass? Uh, we do know some details about what's coming in July. Far Cry 5 is already there. That got uh, that got on the service on July 1st. Um, and there's Last Call BBS that's coming on July 5th. Match Point Tennis, which we just talked about. July 7th, Escape Academy on is on July 14th. Expect some coverage on the site for that. As Dusk Falls, July 19th in Immortality. Yes, that's Sam Barlow's new joint coming on July 26th. Super exciting. Uh, besides that, there's, uh, you know, uh, the new, uh, the last two episodes of Stranger Things are officially out on Netflix. Uh, the last two, at least in the fourth season, uh, there will be a fifth and final season. So if you want to know what happened to those darn kids in the upside down, you should uh, check those out. I think it's like four hours of content, two episodes, four hours. Goodness gracious. Uh, that's it for this week's uh, new stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Klonoa. That's what I'm going. I'm going to I'm going to load that on my switch. I think I think that's a good place for him. <laughs> That is going to do it for this week's show. I definitely want to thank my guest, Jeff Gersman, for stopping by and having such a lovely conversation. It was so great to have him finally appear on a fanbite property. Uh, and he's welcome back anytime. You can find him on Twitter at Jeff Gersman. That is J-E-F-F-G-E-R-S-T-M-A-N-N. Don't forget that second N. Uh, and also, like you said, you can find him at Patreon slash Jeff Gersman. He is running his own podcast now. He's got streams. Uh, it's a cool deal. So if you want to see the continued adventures of Jeff Gersman, you can check him out there. Uh, Paul Tamayo, my excellent producer, can be found at Pauly Mayo. Thank you so much, Paul. Uh, all of our podcasts can be found at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. If you want to track me down on Twitter, you can do so at floppy adult. Um, I, I run a stream every Tuesday morning called Tuesday morning the show. It's kind of a companion piece for this. This past week, we watched the Nintendo Direct and we talked about it um, and it was a lot of fun. So twitch.tv slash fanbyte every Tuesday morning at 1030 a.m. Eastern. Uh, it's a good way to spend your Tuesday. Will not be on this week because we are off on uh the on independence day and the day afterward and then i'm gonna be just basically absent from podcasts for the week because i'm going to a corporate retreat we don't totally have a plan figured out for what to do with this show yet but something will appear in the feed don't you worry and things will be totally back to normal in a couple weeks and until then you're welcome 